right, well, we actually have a really special treat today. Um, I'm really, really blessed. Some of you know that um, over the last several years, I have been in a doctorate program and uh, finishing that. Well, part of, part of that doctoral journey wasn't just earning a degree and some letters attached to my name. Uh, the most significant thing that happened during this doctoral journey is the relationships that were built. Um, I feel like my relationship with God was made much deeper through the journey that I went on. And then I also made some friends that are just stuck with me now for the rest of their lives. And, uh, and it's jokes on them. Uh, but one of those people actually I convinced to come and be here this weekend. Man, I am convincing. Uh, well, actually, this guy who's coming to share the word with us today is a, a dear brother to me. Uh, not just a brother in the Lord. He certainly is that. But um, Chris has become a brother. Uh, in, in fact, I don't know if Chris remembers this, but there was a moment when we were in Cannon Beach, we would do our retreats up there for the school um, a couple times a year. And one of our early retreats, I was just feeling super overwhelmed uh, by all of the different stuff that was going on. And we were there for a whole week in Cannon Beach and it rains like it did today, but it rains a lot in Cannon Beach. And um, so I ended up having to do some laundry while we were there. And Chris, just we happened to just be doing laundry in the room, same room together. And he just looks at me and goes, are you okay? And I go, man, I don't think I'm okay. <laughs> and Chris just was a brother to me in that moment. This is when, when I decided, like, okay, I'm going to do life with this guy for the rest of my life. Chris ministered just l the love of Jesus to me in that moment and has been a friend to me um, for the last several years. And it is an honor for me to get to have him share some of your attention this weekend as he comes to preach the word. I'll tell you a little bit more and then I'll get him on the stage and I'll stop talking. Uh, Chris is actually also an editor for Missio Alliance where he helps people uh, use their voice to continue to share the gospel and build the church. Chris is a spiritual director, he is a coach, he creates discipleship resources and he does all of that in Jeffreys Bay, South Africa. Uh, Chris and his wife Maxie are here from South Africa, and I, I wanted to just make sure if we're gonna if he's gonna be in town, we gotta get his voice into our church while he is in the states. Um, he is from the Bay Area up north, so he's a Golden State Warriors fan. We can, can we can forgive him for that, but everything else about him is pretty good. Um, and uh, so, with all of that said, will you please welcome my dear friend and brother Chris Kamalski as he comes and preaches the word to us today. I, um, I was trying to remember the first time, the first memory I had of you, Tim. And I think it was on, um, I think it was on our first Zoom call. Um, this was, this would be like fall of 2019 before most of us knew what Zoom really was. And um, Tim showed up to our first call wearing at least a Lakers shirt and hat. Um, there might have been more there, and right from the start, I was like, okay, this guy. <laughs> and so that was, you know, that was fall of 2019. We were, you know, as a Warriors fan, born and raised in the Bay Area, we were coming off of our, you know, kind of the peak and then valley of our little run, and so we uh, lovingly talked some smack to each other. I, I think when I actually met you face-to-face, -face, I made a point of coming um, 
to, to greet you with a warrior's sweatshirt on. And so, anyways, uh, that's how our friendship started. Um, <laughs> um, scoreboard, not this year. Um, listen, I, I want to bring you greetings from uh, South Africa. I am uh, from the Bay Area, California, and my wife is Afrikaans. And so let me greet you in Afrikaans. You can go ask her to, to say this correctly after uh, I finish speaking. But, but um, I want to just say, hey, Kerswies to you. Do you want to say it, love? Because I already. Oh, there's it. Here we go. That is, um, that is Afrikaans, and that means blessed Christmas to you. Um, in South Africa right now, if you think about the world, uh, it's almost the height of summer. And so I've had to adjust over the last 13 years or so to celebrating Christmas when we're there and it being really hot. We live near the beach. And so, and it's like summer vacation, so think July, and that's our Christmas season. And I just say all that to you to say that one of the darkest nights of the year is coming, you know, a few days before Christmas. But there are believers and people on the other side of the world, on the bottom, that are at the height of their summer season. And I think there's a metaphor in there uh, that brings hope in a different way. Like if you're in a darker season, there are people that are experiencing the fullness of light in the seasons, right? I also want to bring you greetings just from the church um, in South Africa and across the continent. If you have done any research or know anything about that, the church across the continent of Africa is exploding and statistically will be one of the largest churches continent-wide broadly speaking, in probably the next 15 to 20 years. And so um, God is not only present in South Africa and the other 53-ish you know, countries that, are, that make up the continent. He is um, at work deeply and has been and will be. And so I bring that greeting to you too. I feel like I'm a little bit like a, a little epistle, you know, or whatever. So the last thing I'll just say, I want to bring you an Advent greeting as well. Uh, I am a person that loves the seasons of the church calendar. I'm, I'm, I'm a nerd about that kind of stuff. And a few years ago, I, I realized for the sure first time that joy to the world, the first line of that beautiful Christmas hymn, is joy to the world, the Lord is come. Which doesn't make sense grammatically, right? <laughs> we think about Christmas as, you know, it should be joy to the world, the Lord has come. Joy to the world, the Lord will come again or something like that. But there's something beautiful about the fact that the verb choice, which is intentional, that wasn't an error, is that Christ is also coming in our present moment. Right? Past, present, and future. You have it right on your wall right there. And so this season is also a reminder that joy is coming to our world because Christ is coming right now at the end of 2022. And that for me, for my family, that's good news. So in that spirit, let me pray for us. And um, yeah, yeah, let me pray for us before I say anything else. So Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, joy to the world for you have come 
We celebrate the fact that you will come again in fullness and forever and ever. But this morning, we pay attention to the fact that you, you, are, you are here. You're here right now. Our eyes are the ones that cannot see where you're at work necessarily. And so I pray that through my words, through the scripture, through the work of ministry that's already happened, through these songs and prayers and the word that Tim just spoke, that Sharon was speaking earlier, I pray that your spirit would do your work in us today as you have prepared it to be done. So we open our hearts to you. As that song says, we make room for you. That's what this whole season is about. And we ask for you to open our eyes to where that must take place today. We invite you in further and deeper and deeper. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, I want to bring greetings to the people that are online that are a part of Life Church. I want to say hello to you. Um, obviously, I, hello. Um, it is a, a wonderful thing that, that you can join us as well. And um, I just want you to know that you're not forgotten as well. Okay? Um, listen, I have been praying long and hard about you guys as a community. I've known Tim for three years and have had the, the amazing um, opportunity to kind of hear the story of your church and your community in and out of the months. Sometimes we would talk in depth, sometimes we'd be in person, other times we'd uh, be on little Zoom calls, so we'd be boxes with a bunch of other friends of ours, and then there'd be times where we would just speak on the phone together, and it wasn't necessarily... Um, you know, like necessarily consistent, but it has been consistent in the sense of the, 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 the great span of years. And so I have a, I have a, I have a sense that I, that I know you, <laughs> even though I obviously have only met you and been in this room this morning. And that, I think, testifies to the fact that the Spirit is, uh, goes before us, right? That um, even though we've never necessarily met face to face, there's a sense we are brothers and sisters in Christ, we're a family. Um, that's a fraught word for some of us, but there's also a deep truth to that. And so what I want to say to you this morning is I, I feel like I have about four messages. I'm not going to give four messages. <laughs> right. It would be very African of me actually to do that, but, um, <laughs> but I won't. Um, one time, my first church service in South Africa, I went to a service where I was told beforehand, this is going to be a long service, settle in. And so there was about an hour and 15 minutes of worship and music, and African worship and music in any kind is amazing and unbelievable, and so that was awesome. And then this guy got up to speak, and he spoke for about an hour, and uh, it, it was like, okay, that was, that was pretty long. <laughs> But, um, you know, I was warned beforehand or whatever, and people were getting up, and it looked like the service was done. And um, I, I, so I got my things up, and I was prepared to walk out the door, and somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, oh, we're not done yet. We're, we're just taking a stretch break. <laughs> that guy that just spoke for an hour, that's not even the pastor. <laughs> that was like the warm-up guy, <laughs> you know? So, so anyways, in thinking about what to bring to you, and, you know, hopefully not the, you know, the only time uh, I'll be able to be here, but what do I say to a group of people I've never met, who I have some affinity for and know, in a sense, some of the journey broadly your community has gone through, 
how do I speak something specific to your heart that is relevant and personal and powerful to your context and your struggle in this moment? That's the challenge for a teacher, right? A speaker, a preacher. It's also the challenge for you as a parent as you figure out what to say to your kid if you have kids, you know? Or what to say to your spouse or what to say to your coworker. Like, what is the right word to bring in a moment? And I think one of the invitations that I want to give to you this morning is to say that, that sense of, like, pause of, like, what do I need to say here? <laughs> There's an invitation in that from God, I think, for you to listen and so even as I was thinking about what to say to you guys, that was kind of what, was, what I was reminded of. And so I want to say that to you, just by way of a first thought. Maybe you feel like you know what you need to say to the people that are in your life. But I would invite you, even if you're pretty sure of that, to just take a second breath and ask the Holy Spirit, is this what you want me to say? Or how do you want me to say this? Or in what tone? or approach must I take, right? So that's kind of a general thing I wanna to say to you. Second thing I wanna to say to you, let me just open this up. I'm gonna dive uh, into a particular verse this morning that uh, is the main thing that I wanna to say to you. And then if there's a little bit of time at the end, I'll, I'll read this second section. But the second section actually deserves its own time. so. That's the thing I'm going to just kind of hand to you and say, go make of that what the Spirit has you make of that. <laughs> go be a good, solid, prayerful, meditative Bible reader yourself, right? The Spirit can speak to you as much as the Spirit speaks to me. But the phrase that I really want to say to you, the phrase that is really on my heart for you is this. Five words. You were created to create. That's the phrase. You, me, we, I, do all the I, you, me, we, <laughs> right? We were created, we were made to create ourselves. Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. We're going to camp out on that verse for most of the time that I'm speaking this morning, although that really, if I think about it, is kind of the preface of what I really want to say, but I feel like it's what I have the time to say today. Okay. So if you have a Bible or a phone, uh, will you jump into that short verse? In a minute, I'm going to ask for a, a short thing to be played on the screen, but I'm a guy that wants people to get to a scripture before we read too far. I'm going to be reading this text uh, slowly and in several different translations. It's one verse. So again, do some contextual homework on your own later. Okay? Um, so if you have, if you're reading a Bible that is on, you know, the Bible app or one of those things, or you happen to have a second translation, or you're sitting next to somebody that has a different one than you, um, when I read a different translation, I am happy, or I would actually love if you would switch Bibles for a second, or flip to a different translation on your phone or whatever, if you can do that, we have that ability, obviously. Um, 
because I want to sit in what this text says, this one verse says, from a bunch of different angles. And so I think there's a video that you guys have ready. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a little two-minute kind of spoken word piece that is about this specific verse. And uh, it contains that phrase, you were created to create. And I just want you to listen to this. Um, and then I'll continue. Has anyone ever told you that you were created to create? I remember the first time somebody told me you were created to create. I was 19 years old, and it got me in such a state because I feared it might be too late for me to create. You see, even from the earliest date, in a garden, in a world free from hate, before Adam was lucky enough to find his mate, before Eve took and before Eve ate, sealing the world to a dismal fate, before it all went down, the first verb found in scripture is that of create. You were created to create. It all happened at such an alarming rate, and the Creator used every tool in his crate, heaven and earth from a chaotic, empty slate. And yes, maybe God has a lot on his plate, but if he can do all this in less days than eight, imagine what he can do through a lifetime with you when we trust in him and the paths are made straight. You were created to create. In him, we bear every image and every trait, and that includes, of course, this call to create. No matter who you are or what you do, the calling is innate, not just to make art. No, it's so much more. God wants to use you to do something new, something great. You were created to create. Like what was more creative than when Christ wiped the slate and made a way for us to enter the gate? What was Christ sent for if not to create, to create a way so that we could finally relate to the Father that loves us even in our sinful state and to hear his call to us, his call to create. You were created to create. Whether your creation be simple or simply ornate, it's certain to spark some colorful debate, but take hope in the call from the one who is great and whatever you do, do not wait because you were created, created to create. A series on YouTube is called the Anima series, which means breath. And uh, there's a line in that video. I mean, we probably should play it a couple times to really sort of let it sink in. But one of the lines that sticks out to me, I've seen that this a number of times, is uh, the artist says, I feared it might be too late for me to create. Did you guys hear that? It, was, it wasn't emphasized, <laughs> but it stood out to me. Um, because I share that feeling sometimes, right? Have I been passed by? Has my moment passed? I'm 43, do I, you know, have, am I already far enough into my life that uh, not only am I like middle-aged or whatever, which is weird to say, but if think about my family, that's totally true. Um, 
You know, like, are my best days already behind? You know, that kind of melancholy, right? There's some of that in that text. And so I just want to acknowledge if that's you, well, first of all, welcome. You and I share some space. I feel that way far more frequently uh, than most people know. Maxie knows this very well. It's one of the gifts of being able to be married to me. Um, <laughs> said ironically, right? But I want to say, obviously, that there's a, a deeper, you know, as you know, meaning to that phrase as well. I don't know if you heard the word innate in that spoken word piece, but this idea that you were created to create is innate within you, which means that it's always been there, that you were born with it, and that this is an impulse and a desire and an ability that you have because you are human. Now, this looks different for Christ followers as it should, right? But this is a human impulse. My daughter, my youngest daughter is five, and she, uh, her name is Clara, and she is starting to draw pictures and things like that. And she's been in this little season recently where she draws people, stick figures, right, like little kids do, except she prefers to draw stick figures most of the time with a face and two long legs, and I've asked her, like, where's the hair? Do you, do you want to put arms on this person? What about a body? And she generally laughs at us and sort of goes, no, nah, it's the person. Like, that's you. <laughs> First of all, it's an awesome person, right? Like a face and legs. That's just a cool stick figure. But secondly, there's something just so fun and creative about the fact that that is what she thinks a person represents, right? A face, and I guess the ability to move, maybe, right? <sighs> so back to Ephesians 2.10. I'm going to read this text to us. I'm a spiritual director, as uh, Tim said, and so uh, that's a fancy phrase that may mean a lot or nothing to you, but one of the things that I have the joy and privilege of being able to do with people is to walk alongside them as they process and listen to what God is doing in their lives. It's not a counselor in the sense of like going to a marriage or family therapist or whatever. It's an alongside companion who helps you pay attention and listen to the voice of God and what God is doing in your life. And so in a simple way, I'd like to bring that to some of you. It's a different way of teaching, obviously, I understand. Uh, but Tim gave me this mic today, so I'm grabbing it. And, um, and so I want to I, I wanna teach you a, a reflective way of listening that is an ancient practice called Lectio Divina. Some of you may be familiar with this phrase. It's Latin. It means divine reading. Basically, it's a way to, to, to thoughtfully and slowly let Scripture actually read you. So it flips it around. And so we're going to practice this this morning with this one verse um, as a way to engage with this text more deeply. Okay? Are you up for that? Okay. So we'll start in Ephesians 2.10 um, in the, the NIV. What I am asking for you to do is to just listen to God and your heart. And when there is a word or a phrase that stands out to you, just note, it, note that. Just take note of that. Maybe literally make a note in your phone on your notes app or whatever, or if you have a pen and you're old school and awesome, like, you know, write that somewhere or whatever, or just in your mind. But what jumps out at you? Okay? 
That simple. For we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's the NIV. In the New Living Translation, if you're reading on an app and you can switch to that or you have that Bible, it reads a little bit differently. So I want to read that over you. I'm going to read this twice. And it says it like this. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. For we are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus, so that we can do the good things that he has planned for us long ago. That word masterpiece, if we were to dig into that word, uh, we won't really take the time this morning, but I want to encourage some of you that are Bible nerds, if there are any of us in the room, um, if you Google Greek and Greek slash English interlinear Bible or Greek slash English Bible translation, you will find resources just through Google, like the first or second option right there, that allows you to unpack what this text originally meant when it was written in its first language, which was Koinonia Greek, right? And I just want to point out one word for you here. You probably already sort of sense it. That word masterpiece or workmanship in the Greek is a really interesting word. The word there is pronounced poema which you probably hear an English root word there, poem, right? That word can be translated poem. That word could be translated masterpiece as it is in the New Testament or in the uh, New Living Translation. It could be translated in a really sort of um, literal way to, to actually mean the word achievement. Workmanship is the NIV, Right? All of these things are facets of the same thing, which is how God has made you. You are God's workmanship. You're a masterpiece. You have the creativity found in a poem or a spoken word piece or a rap, right? You're all those things, and you were those things. And you will continue to be those things, period. End of the sentence. I hope you have a word or phrase, because we're going to sit on that in a minute. But let me give you two more translations, just to try to drill this down a little bit. This next one is from a kind of an older translation. Some of us um, will probably let, be less familiar with this. It's not used as much anymore, but I really love it when you're trying to figure out kind of a literal meaning of a verse, but in English. Right? Got to remember English is a translation, right, itself. So um, the New Revised Standard Version is one of my favorite kind of literal translations to go to to read for a bunch of reasons I won't say now. But in uh, that translation, this is how this verse reads. For we are what he made us. Oh, my 
Like I could just stop right there. For we are what he made us. In the NRSV, that's not the end of the sentence. It gets better. <laughs> Created in Christ Jesus for good works. So there's a sense where we participate in that. Love that. Which God prepared beforehand, listen to this phrase, to be our way of life. This was to be normative for us. This was not for the pastor. This was not for the professional musician. This was not for the monk or the nun. This was not for the pope or the bishop or the deacon or the only the elders or whatever. This was for the Christ follower. And even broader than that, and this is probably an argument or discussion we could have another time, maybe over food or something like that, I would actually argue that this intention is designed in humanity itself, but is masked or um, obscured or not known in people that are not um, out-and-out Christ followers, right? So there's a sense um, where this is true in humanity, period. A deep sense, probably a deeper sense than I could even communicate. For we are what he made us. And this is to be a way of life. This doing of good works, which there is this long list that is set before you in your life for you to do. Not in a legalistic, like, work your way to heaven sort of way, but in a beautiful, creative, fun, engaging, I can't believe this is my life kind of way. Way. That's the promise of God for you. And then the message, Eugene Peterson's paraphrase or translation, depending on your perspective, um, says it this way, which is beautiful in a totally different kind of way, but just to read it uh, as, as a fourth option here. God does the making and the saving. Amen. <laughs> That's just good. God does the making and the saving. The saving, I like that that, verse, that word is in there. That kicks you back to the earlier part of Ephesians chapter 2 where we have those very well-known verses for we are saved by grace, grace through faith, right? And not of ourselves, it is a gift of God, right? So it's kicking us back to remember that. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him. Who is the him there? God. In the work that he does. So there's this ongoing sense of God is at work, and my role is to figure that out and to join him in that work, right? I participate in the work of God that's already happening. I take the mic, grab the shovel, pull out my whatever, right, and get dirty. Because God's already, like, before me in that. In the work that he does, the good work that he has gotten ready for us to do. Work, I like this, that we had better be doing. <laughs> Eugene Peterson, he had, he had a little sneaky side to him. So, all that I've just said <laughs> is found in four different translations of that one verse in English. If you're a Spanish speaker or you have uh, another language that you're aware of or know or have played around with or learned in school or something like that, your translation or your preferred maybe heart language, you know, preferred translation, the one that you have, that you go to, that you have memory of, might even say it a slightly different way. 
But isn't it beautiful, the breadth and complexity that one verse can contain? And so I want to sit in that for just a few minutes with each other, and then I'll kind of move this into something that I want us to go do, okay? And so here's how I want to do this. Um, I want you to look around the room. It could be to the person that you're sitting literally next to or very close to, but I want you to kind of look around the room, and I want you to make eye contact with somebody, okay? Have you done it? If they're avoiding your gaze, either keep staring at them until they look, or um, look to somebody else. Uh, if you're online, I don't know, if you're sitting with somebody else, you can do this with the person that you're sitting next to, or maybe you need to go and phone somebody or text somebody later about this. But here's what I want you guys to do for about two minutes. I would like you to talk with each other about what you have seen, heard, and sensed from the text that I have read. So what stood out to you? What word, what phrase, what are you thinking about? How does this connect to the, the actual circumstances in your life? Like, just speak about what, what, what's stirring in you, okay? If you're the person that is speaking, speak. <laughs> if you're the person that's listening, receive. And then in about a minute, I'm gonna just ask you to switch, okay? Same thing, you speak, second person, first person that was speaking, now you get to receive. And just hear what they have to say. And even as you're listening, I want you to be asking God, God, what are you saying to me as I am listening to what this person, my friend, is saying to me? Because God can speak to you through what somebody else says. You know this, right? So let me be quiet now. I'm going to give us two minutes or so to do this. We don't have long, so no pleasantries. Jump right to the heart of it, okay? Take a risk. Share what you're thinking. And I'll come back and, and move us forward in just a second. All right, if you're the person who's listening, 
What I would like you to do is I would like you to take 10 seconds and I would like you in about a sentence, maybe two, to say, this is what I heard you say. To literally say that, this is what I heard you say. And what I want you to do is to mirror back to them in your words, what they just said to you, okay? Go. And when you're done with that, sorry if I cut you off the first time, obviously you can catch up and finish your thought. But when you're ready, about now, switch roles. Person that was first listening, now it's your turn to speak for about a minute. Person that was speaking, you're listening and receiving. And you now know that what you're gonna do is you're gonna say at the end, this is what I heard you say, okay? So go, let's switch places now. And again, when that person wraps up their thought, the person that was listening, the second person, just say back to them in one sentence, two sentences, this is what I heard you saying, as best as you can in your words. I'd like to invite you very quickly before we finish to, if you're willing, uh, pray a quick blessing over each other. One, two sentences, not long Pentecostal prayers, please, for time. <laughs> quick, Jesus, bless this person in. Jesus, bless this person in. Okay, so do that with each other now, will you? And I'll say a couple last things.
Holy Spirit, will you hear the cries of our heart with what stood out to us? Will you hear our imperfect efforts at mirroring back to one another what we are hearing another created being saying? And will you take our blessings, as short as they are, <laughs> and will you use them in a way that is permanent and complete? Help this ministry of one another to continue, particularly in this community. I ask this in your name. May it be so. A couple last thoughts for today. Let me try to land this plane. If I were to say one more nerdy thing about this verse in the Greek, can I, can I just say one more nerdy thing and then I'll take off my that stupid part of me. Um, the two verbs in that verse in the Greek are in a particular uh, form that in English we would say is present part participative or present part a present participle. See, I can't even say it. What am I saying? It's an ing word. What does that mean? It means that the work of God creating you and of you participating in that work is ongoing. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. This verse is saying that same thing. You were not created long ago. Of course you were, right, in, in God's mind. Your best days have not passed you, even if you've had amazing days. If you had terrible days, okay. There is a future promise. We also know this. We're in a season of that, right? The Lord will come and will come in fullness. But joy to the world, the Lord is come. You are being created so that you can continue to create. That's another way but in the Greek, maybe a central way that this text is speaking for us today. And so whether you're 43, like I am, or 17, or 87,000, right? <laughs> you have an opportunity to engage in that work right now. And I'm not just talking about like, Tim didn't say to me, will you please ask for more people in our community to become pastors? I mean, in a sense, yes, I am saying that because First Peter talks about you being a part of a royal priesthood, right? So there is a sense where you are to pastor. But maybe you are to pastor as you cook. Maybe you are to pastor as you parent. Maybe you are to pastor as you grandparent. Maybe you are to pastor as you are an engineer, as you work on a railroad, as you do whatever you would do, type into your computer, right? You are being created to continue to create good things because the world is still unfolding. That's a beautiful thing. And so... 
What I'm actually talking about here, if you could slip to that, that second to last slide about this idea of vocation. I haven't used this word yet, but what I've been talking about this morning or what this verse is talking about is this idea of vocation or calling. In the Latin, that word has a, a little short piece, vox, which means voice. And so when God is speaking about your vocation or your calling or what you're to do with your life or how you're to engage your life, what God is actually speaking about is how you use your voice. And there are many things that we could talk about when we would talk about that. I told you I had like about four sermons to say. But right now, I'll just end by saying these three questions, which I don't even think are the only questions, but there are three that I could make and that kind of fit on this little slide. And here's the questions I want to just leave you with. Number one, who am I in light of how God created me? So there's a sense where you need to ask an identity question as we're talking about you were created or you are cre being created and you need to then create. Like th there's an identity piece there that you need to own or own again or own more deeply, right? Or discard and own the true piece of that, right? Second question, what ecosystem am I planted within? So you are a person that does not exist alone you are a part of a community that is your family. You live on a street that is your neighborhood. You live in a city that is this city, in a valley, in a valley that is the Antelope Valley, right? You are a part of this community of faith as opposed to a community of faith down the street. That's not necessarily good or bad, but it's true. So within that ecosystem or those ecosystems, what are you to do with who you are, right? What kind of seed are you? What kind of plant kingdom do you belong to, right? And then lastly, the third question is like a sneaky way of re-asking the first and second ones. That's a teacher trick, right? And so the third question is this, how am I called to embody or to put into my body to incarnate, to use a Jesus word, the greatest commandments in light of questions one and two. Basically, how do I love God, the greatest commandment, and how do I love my neighbor, the second commandment, in light of how I am being created and who I am being created around and the work that I see in my garden, which is this place that you dwell in this moment. There is a deep work of God that is happening in your city. There is a deep work of God that has been happening in your city, and there is a deep work of God that will continue to happen. You are being invited to steward that in a normal but profound creative way. That's my word for you as a community. As I listen to Tim, and this is the last thing I'll say, and the story that he's told of you guys, he has told a, a faithful and generous and beautiful story. But it sounds to me, if I'm mirroring what I have heard Tim said back to you now, it sounds to me that you guys are a bit on a, kind of a hinge point or, or a precipice. And I don't mean that in the sense of like, ah, I'm going to fall into it, you know. I mean that in the sense of like, there's a new horizon that's coming. 
and there's a new work that is happening here. And so for me, that's a really critical moment to take stock of who I am, where I'm planted, and on what I'm supposed to do about that. And when I listen to Tim and Sharon speak about, you know, the life of this church and what this church wants to embody in this city, it feels to me, I sense that there is an invitation here for many of you to step forward. Not just to be up on this stage, although some of you probably need to do that, right? But to do that in the way that is uniquely you. That if we don't have your voice, literally our community is less developed. So speak up. It's time to speak up. It's time to speak out. And it's time to start engaging in that. You hear me? I'm saying that to me <laughs> as much as I'm saying that to you, if not more. So Jesus, I bless this community. I bless, I bless my friends, Tim and Sharon and their girls. I bless this wider community that roots them, that holds them accountable, that uh, calls forth vision from them. And I ask that collectively there would be a sense of this rising up of a new creative energy, um, uh, spirit, um, breath, life that would be taking place in this community for this season in this city. And I pray that it would be miraculous and astounding and uh, involve healing and involve people coming to know you face to face in a salvation-oriented way. I pray that families would be reconciled, that those who are lost would be found, that systems would be shifted to reflect the goodness that you desire to see rooted in this world. And so I ask for that in your name, Jesus, for this moment, for this city, through my friends and this wider community. In the name of Jesus, may it be so.